Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we check in with Ed Tate to preview the Ticats and Blue Bombers on Saturday. And then Valor FC head coach Philip DeSantos talks to us about his team's must-win game Sunday against Forge. That's all coming up on the podcast. Okay, well, let's uh, continue previewing this weekend's CFL clash between the Tiger Cats and Blue Bombers. Ed Tate of BlueBombers.com joins us now. Well, I know Derek Taylor's made a point of this, Ed, the last week or two that he just he wants to get it to the Toronto game. Can we just hurry up and get to Toronto? Got to take care of business first, though, in this Hamilton game. Where's your excitement level at for at, for Hamilton? Is every game for you the same or, or you know, going from Labor Day, Banjo Bowl, Hamilton, Toronto? Does this one have a natural dip to you? Uh, I suppose it, it might a little bit. I don't know. I just, uh, it's a, a road trip. Um, I never get bored with that. Um, and I, you know, I just think back to last year and sort of how the, the bombers fell into this trap, the game after the banjo bowl before a ban, uh, before a bye week, just like last year and just like this year and how they just stomped in Hamilton. So I'm interested to see how the bombers can respond. It look, it's uh it's a compelling matchup, uh, more so because of what the Bombers did last week. I want to see if they can keep that uh, foot down on the gas pedal. So I'm still jacked up about this one. I'm excited about Toronto and BC too, but I don't know. This I, I like going to Hamilton because it just feels kind of CFL-y, if that's even a word. Well, what do you mean by that? Uh, you know, um, there's a lot of history between these two franchises. A lot of Winnipeg's Grey Cup wins have come against Hamilton. Their last Grey Cup win came in Hamilton, and when you sit at the old Iverwind Stadium or you're in, at Tim Hortons Field now and you look out over the skyline and you see the smokestacks and it's a steel town, it feels kind of gritty. Uh, to me, that's a, kind of a, a little bit of a snapshot of the CFL. It's, uh, you know, the, kind of the every man's league, and I maybe that's too romantic, but that's how I look at it. It's part of that, just like Hamilton, this is their pro team, and for Winnipeg for a long time, this was their pro team. Absolutely, absolutely. There's um, again, I just I love the league. There's so much history involved in this matchup, and even a game in uh, in July in Hamilton has a special meaning, just because uh, you know these two storied franchises. I just, I mean, I do, I don't get tired of going anywhere in this league, even knowing as to what you were started off with here, even knowing that Toronto was coming up and BC is coming up, and then the playoffs after that. This one's still compelling for a lot of reasons for me. So last year, the Bombers, big Banjo Bowl win. They go into Hamilton. They have a bye week after that game, and they do not play that well. They get destroyed mm-hmm. uh, by all accounts. I think it's a fair way of saying it. 48-31, yep. Dane Evans played incredibly well, and the Bombers just didn't have an answer in that game. That happens sometimes in sports. So you're just the second-best team on the field, but... Do you get the sense talking to players this week that they remember that game and they're going to be ready to make sure it doesn't happen again this weekend? You know, it's really interesting because sometimes it's the media that brings that up, you know, or opens old wounds, but it was the players that were bringing that up all this week. And it started with Zach Claros and his first availability of the week. He was, you know, everybody was asking him about the, the game, the banjo ball game and the six touchdowns on the first six possessions in the first half. And, you know, he kind of already wanted to put that one to bed and talk about this Hamilton team and what happened last year in that game in Hamilton. So, um, I, you know, I, I don't know how these guys find the motivation or the fuel, but they didn't look have to look too far in this circumstance to, to not be thinking 
past this one or past to the bye week. The, you know, the, it's the quarterback, one of the captains of the team, so to speak, that's bringing it up himself. Uh, and so I'm sure it's been a, a talking point all week with this group. What do you remember about that contest? Well, you touched on it a bit, Christian. Uh, Dane Evans looked like Doug Flutie that day, the way he was uh, chucking it all over the park. And remember, that's that's a team that the Bomber team that went 15 and three last year and looked invincible on defense. And then all of a sudden, they couldn't uh, stop anything that uh, that Hamilton had done. Uh, the other thing I remember is that Dane Evans, at the day before the game, was quite vocal about his uh, battles with uh, his, you know, his confidence and uh, you know, and and where he was uh, mentally heading into that game. So you're thinking, wow, this is this has got uh, rote written all over it for the Bombers. And then, as you said, it was uh, you know a couple quick jabs to the mouth in the first uh, couple of rounds, and the Bombers were down and couldn't get back up off the mat. And um, a real eye opener. And I think that it kind of helped. Uh, them refocus a little bit uh, for the rest of the season. We saw sort of the same thing a few weeks ago in the Liberty Classic. You know, it wasn't a blowout, but the Bombers lost in overtime. There was the headbutt, and afterwards, Zach Caleros was quite angry and gave a speech in the locker room about being sharper. And sometimes, like you said, Christian, sometimes you just have a bad day at the office, but the way this team responds to losses has been pretty impressive. They, uh, You know, we saw it last week in the Banjo Bowl. We've seen it earlier this year. And uh, sometimes you just need to get uh, you know, snap yourself to attention again, and I think that's what happened in that game in Hamilton last year. And we'll see if they can keep what they keep going what they did last week in the Banjo Bowl again for another week before the bye. Now, going back to the season opener between these two teams, it was mm-hmm. a long time ago. Now it was Bo Levi Mitchell at the helm. That was a game where Winnipeg was in complete control for for most of it. They were up twenty nine four at the half. They're up 32-10 in the third quarter, and then they just gave away a bunch of points where there's a blocked punt for a touchdown. There was a, a fumble return from a touchdown. There was a, a fumbled punt that was recovered, and then the next play was a touchdown, and all of a sudden it's an eight-point contest, and Winnipeg ends up taking care of business, winning by 11, but it got a little close there. I feel like that was all Winnipeg's doing uh, in that game, and they, they themselves made it close. I feel like they're way better than Hamilton. How do you view this matchup? Yeah, well, I look back at that game, and you're right. Winnipeg seemed to be in such control of that one and then kind of let it slip a little bit before, you know, kind of getting it back on the rails a little bit. That seems like it was the first game of the year back in June. I think this team has gotten infinitely better even since week one. Uh, Hamilton's still, to me, a bit of a mystery. You know, they won two of their last three, went into Vancouver and, and knocked off the Lions a couple of weeks ago. But, you know, they have five wins, and three of them are against Ottawa, and another one's against Edmonton. So I think that this, you know, you look at the records, and on paper, this looks like a mismatch. And I'll be honest, that's sort of what I expect on Saturday. And I don't mean that in any kind of disrespect. I just think, as, as to your point, Christian, that Winnipeg's a, a, a better football team. It doesn't matter whether it's in Hamilton or here in Winnipeg. If they're, if they're limiting their own mistakes and doing what, they can do on all in all three aspects of the game. I, I, I think this is a um, you know a, a double digit point win for for Winnipeg. So last week we saw the offense go absolutely haywire and scoring nine straight drives, six touchdowns, three field goals, and then heaven forbid they punt in the final minute. But mm-hmm. the defense has allowed a touchdown 
in just one of the last four games, and that was the Labor Day Classic loss. The other three games in Calgary didn't allow a touchdown. The Montreal game, 17 points. There are two pick sixes. That's not the defense's fault. And then the Banjo Bowl, just two field goals. They are firing on all cylinders, and I think a big part of it, Ed, is that they're fully healthy right now, pretty much, right? Yeah, I think that's a real good point, Christian. Remember, maybe a month and a half ago or a month ago, we were wondering about the defense, and then I don't think it's coincidence that they get Kyrie Wilson back from injury, they get Winston Rose back from injury, and some of those concerns have just uh, have been disappeared. And I think, uh, you know, you rattled off how, how stout they've been defensively in the last few weeks. It, they are remarkably healthy. They've got a lot of uh, veteran pieces on defense, and some of the newer faces, you know, I did a piece on Reddit Crandy this week. He's been really, really solid at the dime back. Evan Holm, I'm not the first one to say that he's having sort of an all-star caliber season at the one halfback spot. And so you add those guys into a group that includes, you know, Brandon Alexander, Dietrich Nichols, uh, Adam Big Hill, Jackson Jeffcoat, Willie Jefferson. Like that's a, a really good collection on defense, but I think it's gotten a lot better lately when they've, you know, the lineup stabilized, they, you know, and they're healthy again. I don't think that's any kind of coincidence that they've been even more powerful in the last few weeks because of that. Regarding health of other players, Tiadric Hansen, we know he's been practicing the last couple of weeks. Is is he going to be an option soon for the team, or are they really taking their time with him and his Achilles comeback? You know, that's a great question. Um, he he's uh, his practice work is uh, is ramping up a little bit. It's a good question, though, and then so the, I think we've had this discussion before, Christian. It, when they start to get more bodies back, then the question becomes: Who do you take out? You know, are you going to mess with a winning lineup, which you know a lot of football coaches don't want to do? And then if you put put a, a Theodric Hansen in the lineup, and it makes sense, right? Defensive line depth, and he's such a demon on special teams. But who comes out? You know, like Brian Cole is a linebacker. That's one of their designated Americans. He's been so good on on uh, special teams. Do you take him out for your theatric Hansen? Like it, it's a, an interesting uh, decision to make. And they, you know, Greg McRae is a good player, but he can't get into this lineup right now. Carlton Agadosi's shown flashes. He can't get into this lineup because there's that that deep and that healthy right now. So, you know, kind of put it into the nice problem to have uh, category. But um, it, it's it's going to be very interesting to see how they maybe manage that in the next few weeks, especially if they lock up first place on the West, you know, do you empty your bench and start to get some guys some work? I would think so. We've seen that last couple of years. Uh, Janarian Grant, if there's one sore Mm -hmm. spot on this team, it is that the return game. And we've seen this for years now in Janarian Grant, since he first made an appearance here in 2019, when he's not in the lineup, the return game is, is not much for this team. And that's been Greg McRae. That's been Jamal Parker. How close is he to getting back? What have you seen him at practice, or have you seen much from him at practice? Yeah, not a whole lot, to be honest, Christian. So last week he was running a fair bit, and that was encouraging. And then this week he hasn't been running at all, so that's discouraging, right? Um, I'm not sure what the status report is on that. I know he has been extended on the six-game injured list, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything sometimes because you can pull a guy off early. Sometimes that's just a paperwork thing. Uh, but it is a bit concerning that he's not, you know, out there in full gear, running around, uh, doing his thing. So um, it is a, a real question mark going forward. And you know, they did bring in a, uh, a guy named Ronnie Blackman, who had been in Montreal's camp earlier this year, that has kick return uh, capability. So I'm not sure if that's a, a coincidence or not. 
Um, it's something to keep an eye on. I thought Jamal Parker was better last week, better than, than the Labor Day Classic, and he's taken small steps. But I know they have a lot of faith in him, but you're right about that. You know, you've got a, a guy that I think is the best in the league, and there's a lot of good returners in this league. Uh, but I think Janarian Grant's the best, and so when he's not in there, it's a tough uh, battle to, to to win that field position war. And I, you know, the Bombers had last week did a good job on it because they were just getting into the end zone all the time. But um, it, it will be a question mark going forward until maybe Jamal Parker gets some more reps back there. Question for you about your job: Are you back Sunday afternoon for the Valor game? Yes, sir. Wow. Um, I'm just checking our itinerary. I think we get back, uh, it says 11.30, 12. So, yeah, it should be fine to be alive and kicking for uh, the Sunday afternoon game. Valor's in a must-win territory. Seems like they have been for most of the summer, but it's getting down to the end of the season here. They're going to need this one. Yeah, taking on Forge at 1 p.m. And then do you get a bye week too? Well, no, because uh, I, I do write for for Valor's site too, and they have three games uh, in the next week, Sunday oh, yeah, and Wednesday at home and then Sunday on the road. So, yeah, it's going to be busy. I'll get a, you know, uh, a little bit of a break here and there. But uh, as I said many times, Christian, I love it. So bring it all on because the winter can get dull. Fair enough, Ed. Appreciate your time as always. Thanks for this and have fun in Ontario this weekend. Appreciate it, Christian. Thanks for having me on, man. Ed Tate of BlueBombers.com and a regular contributor to our Blue Bomber coverage here on 680 CJOB. Let's turn our attention to soccer now. The Canadian Premier League season is nearing a close. Most teams have four matches left. Two teams have five, and one of them is Valor FC. Here in Winnipeg, it's been a bit since we've had the head coach of Valor FC on the show, and we do so again now. Philip DeSantos joins us now. Phil, it's the stretch drive. How do things feel at Valor FC headquarters? Uh, we're good, Christian. We're good. Thanks for having me again. Um, yeah, we're we're fighting the fight. We... We understand the moment we're in, and we uh, we think that we're called to be the best version of ourselves every day, and we're 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 going a day at a time. Uh, I felt we came out of uh, a good performance in York, and we we want to try and get a, a back-to-back performances, and if if I'm not mistaken, uh, get a, a back-to-back win for for the first time this season. Yes, that would be correct. Valor FC coming off a three-one win at York United. Last Friday, after a pair of losses on the road in Halifax 3-0 and Pacific 2-1, that there's also a home loss to Ottawa 3-1, so he snapped a, a three-match losing streak there with that win. And really, uh, the math not on your side. I'm sure you're aware of that. But the, every time you win, it, that's another game where you're still alive in the playoff race. Well, that's what we want to. That's how we want to approach it. I think that we have to go one game at a time. I, I, it's such a, a tight season. Every every game could be one loss or draw. I don't think any team could just show up and and expect to win a game. So uh, I think that we play against a, a, a very good team on Sunday, but it's our own home ground. I think that it's been more difficult for us, especially in the second stage of of the season after going for a long stretch without losing it's been more difficult lately at home so we want to we want to be able to give our fans uh, a good performance a solid performance and hopefully that comes with with a with a win as well and then we'll see we'll make the math at the end 
Right now, for those who aren't familiar with the standings, Valor in seventh with 23 points, 10 points back of Halifax for the final playoff spot. You've got five matches to go. They've got four. So you do have that match in hand. Every win worth three points. But if you don't win, then that math becomes very, very tough very quickly. Take me back to last Friday where you beat York 3-1. How did that come to be? A, a match that you knew you had to win but you, and you got the job done? Look, we felt very often this season we, we were well in games and just couldn't find the back of the net. We couldn't find um, the goal. And then it, it creates a, a little bit of, of, of anxiety, especially when it's, it's, it's happened frequently. You, you could become excessively tense in, in, in moments of the game. And I feel that we were able to, to get the goal fairly early uh, at a moment that we were the best team on the field uh, and then things loosen up for, for the team. And I, I, I go back to the games that we were able to score first and get the lead uh, or, or normally games we haven't lost. So I think that the team needed that. You need, you need the bounces to go your way. I, I felt that it was one of our best performances um, and being able to do it on the road against a team that is in the heart of the race and not come out of a very difficult win in, in Halifax. It was it was important for us and it was a, a big boost of confidence. At the same time, it's frustrating because we know that the team has quality. We know that we built a group, uh, a group that is um, able to compete against the best teams on any given day. Uh, but the name of the game is, is to score goals. And when you don't do that, then things could turn around very fast. So uh, this was uh, this was uh, a bit of a bittersweet for us because it, it also generates a bit of frustration knowing how, how close yet how far we can be uh, just because we don't manage certain moments in the game and one of them is that at the end you need to score and capitalize on your chances. Now you've got Forge coming in on Sunday and Forge is a team you've done pretty well against this season a three two loss back in May at their home, but then you beat them 2-0. You had a one-all draw back in their place in July. Why do you think it's gone so well against Forge this year, a team that's traditionally been one of the strongest in the CPL and currently sits in third? Yeah, it's not only this year. I look at it historically. Even last season, we had a we had a good record against them. I, it's hard to tell. Sometimes these these matchups are, are good. Um, I don't know if it's related to uh, to the, 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 the style of, of both teams and, and sometimes it just looks like um, you, you get a certain teams number and, and, and th- things fall for, for you. Now we're very aware that it's a very good team. It's a team that we always need to play in a, in a very high, with very high levels of concentration. It's a team with a lot of quality going forward that if, if you make mistakes, they'll make you pay for them. Um, and it's a team that's still in a title fight. So we expect a very, very good version of, of Forge. Uh, but again, I, I think that when when our, our team plays these type of games, for some reason, um, we we do it with... with and and, and I, I like to think that our guys show up every day in every game, but it's just uh, there's there's something about playing these, these teams that have been successful... From from day one and and that have won titles, I, I think it's it's 
it's just uh, it's just something that happens naturally as a coach. You you don't need to alert the guys to to the the mountain that's ahead of us and and how how good we need to be if we want to be able to to get out of it with 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 points. So this week. I know you're not probably looking too far ahead because you got to take care of, of every match that's here, but you got a busy week after yeah. getting almost 10 days off. You got Sunday and then Wednesday, and then you're in Ottawa Sunday, three matches in seven days. Are you okay with playing all that, all that action in such a short time? Yeah, I think that it's a week that's going to determine a lot of things for us. Um, there's also a, a, another midweek game in the league, so... I think that everything uh, after Wednesday evens out in, in, in regards to amount of matches and games plays, played. And um, I, uh, I think that we, we don't want to look too far ahead, but we, in this case, we absolutely need to because it also, um, it, it, you know, there's a, a game on Sunday, one on Wednesday. There's a 72-hour um, window for us to recover players, but you need to start anticipating when you're putting together lineups on, you know, who recovers faster than who, and uh, is there going to be any type of rotation or, or, or rest given to certain individuals? So, um, in this type of weeks, we we normally have to to look a little bit further ahead, um, but. You know, this is the f- the first game of the of the week um, for us, so that that one is a bit easier to prepare. So we're we're um, we're aware of the challenge. I like these weeks, where especially this late in the season, because you know I feel that the core of the work has been done. Now we have to fine tune little things, and I feel that two three days of work is. Uh, is is good for us to do so and sometimes when you get in a rhythm playing games is is what you want you want them to come fast so hopefully we could get in that rhythm uh or 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 uh add to the the performance of friday um and 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 then keep going from there so are you scoreboard watching right now with uh, ottawa at 33 halifax at 33 and york at 32 points all Right above you in the standings, are you keeping real close attention to what's going on in those other teams' games? Christian, I'll be honest. I watch I watch the games because you know it's something that we we do. Um, but right now, none of it matters if we don't do our part. So um, I, I don't I don't look so much at at the scoreboard in a way where we're hoping for certain results. I'm thinking about us having to do our part and then do the math at the end because none of those results matter if we don't do our, our share of the job. Well, I wish you the best of luck this weekend, Phil, and this busy stretch coming up. Thanks for coming on the show tonight. Thank you, Christian. Thanks. Philip DeSantis is the head coach and general manager of Valor FC. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this.